This is Had Enough's Hip Hop Hour, episode four. And uh, today, I got a good friend of mine. Um, actually, he's the first guest. He's not exactly from Tulsa, but uh, he's actually quite well known here, does some shows. And he's uh, very well um, involved with me. So, hey, that's good enough. All right. Already Ben. Hey, what's up, everybody? Already Ben. From uh, Edmond, Oklahoma. Edmond, Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah. All right, so we'll start this off like we always started off. Uh, just tell people how you start how you start off in music. Man, okay, so I started writing poetry around 14. And uh, I was doing poetry around 14, and uh, I started writing rhymes around like 16 and so, and really didn't really start recording songs probably... Well, I did a couple of songs when I was 19. I did um, some songs with Supertropolis. They were big Christian hip hoppers in Oklahoma City. And then I went to the military, got out around like 25. And then I just kind of messed around. And then uh, lo and behold, about four or five years ago, probably going on five years, I got serious about my music and uh, just started trying to do the indie thing, man. Right on. So uh, when I met you, um, <clears throat> you were... Um you're basically just a rapper and you're just trying to get you know get on shows get heard and stuff like that and then um so um at that time i wasn't sure exactly what you were doing in your city but uh i remember bringing you to tulsa a few times and then um before i knew it you're a dj and then you were making some of your own beats doing photography doing music videos and then doing stand-up comedy and then promoting doing your own shows and so, just, yeah, out of the blue, you just became the jack-of-all-trades. Man, I had to learn a lot of stuff, man, on my own. Uh, it's hard, man, and you know, you go through so many people, man, uh, that uh, either... You just don't click with them, man. They could be exceptional piece of people, but you don't click with them. Or they could be people that are just trying to ride the wave, and in this indie music thing, it takes longer. Like, there's no set path for any one person. Right. Totally. So, um... So uh, talk about uh, just, you know, what really made you want to, like, do a bunch of different things. Um, I I started not just wanting to put all my eggs in one basket. Uh-huh. And I also didn't want to – I wanted to re- I don't want to rely on people so much. I want to be able to rely on people for some things, but mm-hmm. things that I thought I could do, I was like, maybe I could, you know, get into, you know, designing flyers or mm-hmm. designing images and stuff. And right. uh, I was able to do that, man. And I wanted to shoot music videos, really. First thing I started trying to do was shoot music videos because mm-hmm. I was like, man, I want to shoot music videos, and then I just I, for myself more than likely, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And then I just picked it up and started doing it. Right on. So, uh, how did you uh, learn how to do music videos and photography? Was there? Um, I had a mentor for a little while, a mm-hmm. guy in Oklahoma City's name is Terrell Mays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot what he's calling his company now, but phenomenal videographer. And I used to drive from Lawton to mm-hmm. Oklahoma City to have these late night sessions with him when he'd break down his videos and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right Things on, right drive, on. Man. So, uh, well, um, so you and I have uh, been doing quite a few things. And um, I know I uh, took, you, took you on a mini tour, I think, a couple years ago. Yeah, you did. You was, did, man. And I'm so fortunate and thankful for it. Yeah. And we're about to do another one this spring. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm ready. I'm excited. Which is cool because uh, I'm only uh, one date away from the whole thing being fully booked. Oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, yesterday was, um, I 
and this never happens. And you've been booking shows and, and, and booking your, you know, your own out of town, out of state gigs as well. So, and I think anyone that does that knows how rare this is. But yesterday I received like two confirmations. It regards to what the show. Yeah. Just, yeah. um, yeah, like two, two people got back to me and said, Hey, we got the date confirmed. Oh yeah. Cause it doesn't happen. I'm used to just chase to like mailing, messaging them emailing them calling them just like hey just want to see if the date's open all that you get left unread you don't you don't get a whole lot of responses back that's kind of what booking a tour for the most part is yeah it's one of the most uh you know it's 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 uh it's fun once you get out there but once you're trying to book the actual tour it's kind of frustrating it gets fun once you get a hold of somebody and they're like yeah we got the date open and um and then they work with you like uh a couple places have worked with me as far as, Hey, we'll, we'll get the local support. Just tell us the names of you and your tour mates. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I usually, I usually, you know, say, Hey, uh, I I got guys that can make a flyer. I'll make an event page. You know, I'll try to get like that done. But a lot of times I'll have a, you know, when I'm working with a promoter, which is always the, the best way, um, they'll be say, Hey, I'll have a flyer by tomorrow. And so, but I think it's just, this is one of the most, comfortable tours just just from being this far back this far away from it because usually like uh the last few tours i have i'll tell the guys like hey this show i'm excited for this one (laughs) this one is gonna be great this one we'll see how it goes man i mean i don't i don't know i mean you know what i mean so (laughs) I, i think just from having to just really grime it out over the past few indie tours i've done um made some friends, made some good contacts and then and then through just social media. Yeah, yeah. Made made some friends who 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 really, you know, and some of these people that a couple of these uh dudes I got on the on the album release show here in Tulsa, so I'm I'll be bringing them out here. So yeah. I try to I try to like help them out in return because I mean, really when you know, you and I if someone is on tour and they need a date, you and I can just hit somebody up and, and, and have something maybe in a couple of days. Yeah. You definitely you know, want somebody close to where you're at. Yeah. Physically then, there. Yeah. Then a couple of people, they'll, uh, you know, some people that you have to do a post, have to hit people up and say, okay, let's see who I know. And so, yeah, that was one of the things I learned when I first started, um, back in 2008, when I first started, had enough and, and, and started doing everything solo because I was so used to being in a band. And I was told that you have to work with as many people as possible you can't really alienate yourself, which a lot of people in hip hop t- tend to do. Yes, and and this is something about you, just as a person that I've always that I've that uh, always been a great thing is um, you never you never get butthurt about anything. Yeah, you're like very understanding. Um, you know, you're not territorial. Yeah, um, and um, that's kind of a, a negative that that. I'm not going to say most, but a lot of people in the hip hop community tend to have. And really it's not, it's not a hip hop thing. I really think it, it falls on, on certain people. I think people take things just a little too personal. Yeah. Um, like I said, if, uh, you know, you've never, you've never, you know, gotten your feelings hurt. If I hired some other DJ for a show, Yeah. you know, or, um, you know, or did something like that. Cause I mean, you, I guess you know me well enough, you know, that, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, I'm going to hit you, you know, I'm going to hit you up, you know, for something. And, you know, you never, you know, it's just something I've had from time to time. 
and you probably know, you know, you've never been like, oh, okay, I see who really fucks with me and stuff yeah. like that. Like, no, you know man. what I mean? And that's kind of, it's, uh, yeah, and I think it's just a certain unfortunate personality trait that some people have. And I think, uh, um, they, they, they tend to think that if they see you working with other people for a little bit or something like that. And for me, like, man, I just, I work with who I like to work yeah, with, yeah. you know, musically and on a personal level. Yeah. And, uh, and really times I just look at who fits, you know, and I don't want to say like who fits in, but it's just, I, you know, whenever I book a tour cons- considering what the, um, demographic, the whole point of it is, yeah. you know, the whole point of the tour, cause every tour I do has a concept, whether it's an album release or it's something we're doing in the summertime or no more winter tours. I know that much. I'm done. <laughs> October, October 31st. Maybe November fifteenth will be my last. I don't know. Depends on the weather. You never know with Oklahoma, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So you know, and I just I just see like okay, I want to get this person on this show and stuff like that. And so uh, you know, I always put the people close to me on shows just because you know it's familiarity, it's family and stuff like that. But uh, I always like to give people a shot here and there, and um, and I've always. I've always come down to someone kind of kind of getting their feelings hurt, thinking like they're getting left behind or they oh, didn't get man. chosen. I was just like, man, it's business, man. You can't have feelings in business. I've been preaching you know? that recently, and I think you've seen, you've caught some wind of that I've been talking about. Hey, every particular show, every show that's done isn't a show for every artist. Uh-huh. We have different sounding music, not necessarily strengths and weaknesses, but our music goes to a different demographic. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you plan different tours, based on release album release or you're going somewhere mm-hmm. and like the Beatles, the Beatles can't play everywhere. Michael Jackson couldn't play everywhere. Mm-hmm. 50 cent is not accepted everywhere. And that's got to be taken into account, man. And I think you just met me at a good time, man, because I used to be Mr. Butt hurt, always crying, <laughs> man. Oh, you're going to, you're going to take your toys to play with so-and-so, but man, working with you and just, you know, mm-hmm. getting a feel for you, you taught me a lot of stuff, man. And I'm like, okay, I get that. Yeah. And like a lot of times, like why I'm not, I guess why I'm not butthurt is because I get the heads up about this stuff before it goes down and mm-hmm. I can tell you yay or nay or whatever. So I'm yeah. like, whatever, man. Okay, good. So-and-so got that. Good for him. Good for her. Good for yeah. whatever. Because, man, it's business, man. And it's going to come back around. Everything comes back around, man. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, man. I, I think a lot of people do forget that it's this business. and I don't think I, they make it to the business point, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's that's a big thing. A lot of them don't. Um, and uh, I think it's because you make a lot of friends here, and and that's also you know uh, I met a I met a musician once where he said something like I'm not here to make friends, and I said, man, you're not gonna have a whole lot of fun though. No, you know it's not like work when you work a job and you you know you say I'm just here to make money and not here to make friends. But man, I've had more positive experience with jobs when I liked the people I worked with. Totally. You know, and the people I work for, <laughs> for that matter. Yeah. Nor so, is this something you can do by yourself. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, look at the look at the sleeve of your favorite album cover. How many people were involved in releasing that project? Yeah, one person's on that probably. But yeah. how many people? Who was the engineer? Who was the marketing? Who was the booking manager? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't see that on the indie level, man. It's like, man, I'm just going to be in my house, held up in my house. I'm going to do everything. Really? Uh-huh. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> um, Master P said this in an interview. Um I'm pretty sure it's somewhere on YouTube. I just remember it very well. Um, and he was, he, he's done tons of master P was probably the, one of the best people to talk about today's era of hip hop and how things are done differently. Cause when he was, you know, um, 
when he first came up or coming up, I think it's the term <laughs> when he was, you know, at his peak, uh, he, uh, was one of the like he was making more I think his label was making more money than death uh death row than death row yeah. yeah I remember Snoop Dogg talked about it and he said he thought he was making real money with death row and turns out no limit master p was making the real money yeah but I think a lot master p was making sure his artists got their fair share versus a lot of labels at the time where they weren't getting as much money as as people really thought they were which yeah, is yeah. still kind of a factor but um but yeah, he said something where he said the difference between now and back in the day is that you had pay is that, you know, lab, he goes with labels. They had a payroll. They had an engineer. They had a producer. Yeah. Um, you know, they had graphic designers. They had ph- videographers, photographers, yeah. booking agents like everyone had a role. Yeah. He says now everyone's trying to do all of it. Yeah. And he says not everybody can do all of it. Like yeah. because like um. You know, I know nowadays, you know, a lot of times we, you know, with, with, you know, iPhone 10 and everything, you know, you can make some, you can take some pretty good photos, but it's still not the quality you could get from a professional photographer with a professional camera. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you cannot convince me that, uh, you know, a, a music video you made, <laughs> you know, with your phone is as good as an actual videographer that knows what he's doing. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then graphics, you know. You know, kids nowadays who rap make graphics on their phone or something like that, or they use Photoshop. But you can tell the difference between someone that knows what they're doing, yeah, and someone that doesn't, yeah. You know, so uh, I've noticed that a lot, and uh, and definitely everybody has their own studio, and uh, and this was something this realization I have because I used to mix and master all my own stuff, and then I got to a point where I'm like, hey, it, it could be a lot better, yeah. And so now I pay somebody to mix and master everything, and in my opinion, I think it sounds way better. And um, it took me a while because I'm real picky about how my vocals are mixed. Yeah. And um, and then um, shout out to Kyle Simpson who engineers all my stuff. Um, I first when we did the recent Mugen Cipher, he we hired him to do the mixing and mastering. When my verse came up, I'm like, oh, this is the guy. Yeah, yeah. It was just I don't know. It was just uh, one thing. A lot of times, like I I done tons of collabs, and um, you were one of the few people that get it mixed right. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to shit on nobody, I but one, <laughs> one thing that always bothered me was people would always make my vocals sound like I was drowning in water. What? And and like, and I have songs where there's certain parts of the song that do that effect. Like Nihilus there, I do a couple yeah. on my hermit shell, for example, but it, it fits. And I was kind of going for the whole Marilyn Manson kind of yeah. uh, style as far as, t- you know, so um, the way he does those kind of effects, but it's on one part. It's not the whole song or yeah. something like that. It's has a very much to do with what I'm saying on a certain part of a verse or maybe just on the chorus, but, um, but you can still understand what I'm saying. And I, I don't know if people just really try to take the whole alternative rap style of me and, and try to take it to the extreme, but I've never liked it. <laughs> it's just, I feel you. That's why I was always so picky about who was going to touch and I've used other engineers and it's been okay and it's been awful. And, and, um, and so, yeah. So yeah, man, having an engineer, you can, you know, um, I mean, man, there's, there's rappers like from here that, uh, that are really, really good and make really good songs, but the people they choose to mix their stuff just, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. They, they ruin it for, it ruins it for them, you know? So, um, that's that's another big thing. I just feel like, you know, you should have a team of people 
and uh, just find people that are good at what they do. Yeah. And um, because it's just not all of us are, and there's a few people I know that can do just about everything, which there's a lot you can do. Like you're doing graphic design as well. And then lyric videos and, and caption videos and stuff like that. So, um, but it's just not everybody can. I'm not doing it because I want to, man. If I find <laughs> some people that I trust to do it, do mm-hmm. it the way that I feel comfortable with, like the way you're saying, mm-hmm. like it's not necessarily good or bad, but how you want your vocals to sound. When I find somebody that's good at doing something the way I want to, I'll be cool with it. Yeah. But like until then, I'm going to do this thing, man. Yeah. Um, I didn't, you know, when I started picking up more stuff, I guess I was just trying to make myself more valuable. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because everybody raps, bro. They rap on Sesame Street. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Raps everywhere. And and like, there's a different degree and there's tiers of rappers and stuff. But like, I'm like, what else, what else can I do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've just been trying to push the envelope on it, man. Yeah. Um. Okay, so you have a band too. Yes, we do. The 1G Crew, me and a TL. We yeah. met up in Lawton, man, about three years ago, I think. I met him at a gig that... It was a shitty gig, man. It's funny. Like, sometimes these shitty gigs, you didn't go, you get something you didn't go for. I went to perform. Um, it was a shit. Microphone, everything was shitty. But I met this dude who was a really good guitar player, good singer. And you know what I'm saying? And we just hooked up and we play uh, music, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on, man. Um, So how did you and TL meet? We met over at Legends Lounge. I don't believe it's open anymore. It's off of Sheridan, I believe, in Lawton. In Lawton. Yeah, and... uh. He got booked. He had a drummer at the time. And, uh-huh. man, he hates this drummer. Like, I'm not even say this guy's name. But uh, he had a drummer at the time. And this drummer just played whatever he wanted. They never practiced. The drummer never wants to practice. He just go up there and play. And TL would just, you know, whatever. Like, just try to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. So um, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about other things that you got going on. Um, the last uh, few episodes... I was asking the guys what their 2020 plans were. And, uh, of course, when the episodes, of course, it's 2020 now. Yes. Uh, we, the, you know, uh, this podcast doesn't air for probably about a week or two. So, uh, we'll be definitely in the, we're already in the midst of 2020. So, um, I guess just tell us like this year, like what you got going on. Do you have any new plans, any new steps, any new moves you're trying to make? Yes. This year I'm going to solidify everything that I do into its own avenue where, mm-hmm. yeah, these things can be done together, but uh, they're probably going to cost you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a yeah. DJ, but this DJ thing is its own entity. And I've kind of started doing that with my photography and my videography, like just kind of taking myself out of it and, you know, promoting the people that I'm promoting with it. And it's led me to a lot of um, a lot of uh, opportunities. Mm-hmm. But uh, at first I was just like, kind of like, I do all these things, but like, it just came off half-assed, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I repackaged it now, you know. I've got graphics that show me doing it, and I've got, like, my portfolio is, like, huge now as far mm-hmm. as uh, photos and video, and um, I'm just more ready, readily able to do that. Mm-hmm. Also, I got into stocks. I was, I guess I was telling you. Yeah. On Cash App, you can actually buy stocks now. Mm. You used to just buy Bitcoin, but you can buy cash. Like, you pay me something, I'm going to probably buy some stocks. And you could watch it go up and down, and it's, it's cool, man. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also comedy, comedy. I'm really focused on comedy this year, yeah. man. I'm going to straight up do comedy sets where I'm not doing any music. I step up, I do my 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and that's what I came there for, man. Okay, yeah, because um, I remember finding out you were doing stand-up comedy, and it was, and it was um, random. 
because I don't believe you ever told me you were going to do that. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. we talk like almost every day, so you never brought that up. And then I was like, oh, okay, cool, because I knew you. I knew you liked comedy, and I knew you were starting to get a you know get familiar with uh with comedi- with local comedians. And then you did like I think a three day tour. You're like in Texas. Oh yeah, doing oh, open snap. mic. I think you're doing open mics. I think you were like getting warmed up at the time. And then you did something in Oklahoma City at some bar in Bricktown. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was Bricktown. Don Coyotes, maybe. Uh, Not Coyotes. Uh, what uh, was it called? J and J's or something. Uh, JJ's. JJ's uh, backyard pet patio, something like that. Probably, maybe, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay, cool, yeah. And I, so I saw a short video of you doing it, but it was so brief. I didn't get a chance to really catch the joke. So I, so I didn't know like exactly what, like what kind of comedian that you were. Cause there's all kinds of, you know, different comedians, you know, everyone's got like their own yes, style and stuff like self depreciating. Yeah, yeah. So, and then, um, I can't remember the name of the bar that you performed at. You did a, it was a Thursday. I know it was, I don't know if it was an open mic or, or comedy. I think it was open mic, but I mean, that was the first time I actually got to see you do comedy and <laughs> it was good and the guys you had were, were really good yeah like will davis and caleb collins oh yeah i love will davis yeah, yeah. and then i told him hey and then we did who, whose idea was it for the hip-hop comedy that thing? was my idea bro okay i want oh, everybody okay. to know I'll, I'll on the podcast that. okay that was my idea okay good <laughs> i didn't want to take credit i just wanted to make sure i just know like somehow you start doing it and then i said hey let's do it for this show yeah and then basically when i just I, I had a feeling that was your idea. Um and I know it's been done before. I know a couple I know a couple of people that do do that. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if if uh what? I don't want to say it doesn't surprise me, but uh but like um I'll just say, you know, um let's just say you came up with it. Yeah. I'm not saying <laughs> you're the first one to do it. But let's uh, just say f- from from you doing those shows and us doing them together. Yeah. You know? And the two of us, you're definitely yeah. okay. I thought so. I just wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Coming into the comedy scene, man, and um, I was like, damn, I can merge these two things, man. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it works pretty well. Like, uh, there's been some some bad nights, you know what I'm saying? But most of the oh, time, yeah. I established that a comedian's coming on stage. Nobody's rapping. Nobody's singing. We got a comic on stage. Pay attention to him. And it's weird because when we're rapping, people can talk kind of. But when you're talking during a comic, you can definitely tell where it's coming from. <laughs> yeah, and that's another reason that I like the loud sound systems, not the quiet ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the quiet sound systems, you can hear the crowd over you, and it's so awkward. Yeah. It's so bad. I'm like, I can't even hear the beat. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's always been my thing. Because when you don't have a drummer or a guitar player, you don't have beats can only go so loud. Yeah, yeah. So especially with no subwoofer, man. I mean, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you gotta be able to drown out the, the bar conversations. I didn't but, realize that until you told me that. If you're throwing a hip hop show, you need a subwoofer. Oh yeah, yeah. Case in point. Don't uh-huh. argue with it. You need a subwoofer. Yeah. <laughs> I used to not I used to not know I mean, I I remember being ignorant about sound and just because I was never, you know, a a sound guy at a at a venue or bar or something like that, but I'd have friends that were and they they just said, "Man, they got it." It's like, man, they're just missing a sub. And and then when I kind of just started looking closer and I started noticing, well, yeah, I mean, something's got to hold all that bass. And then once I really started listening to the sub compared to the actual speakers, then it it ma- it makes so more it makes it so much more sense. It does. 
And um, yeah, um, but yeah, I remember seeing you do comedy, live comedy, and um, and <laughs> there was there's at least one, there's two particular. Well, it was is it something a, a, a comedian does. I've noticed like they'll do one particular joke, but they'll have three or four stories that carry yes. on. Yes, yes. And yours was um. Well, yours was about having Caucasian kids. Yes. And then you talked about teaching them white privilege. And then um, I think you started this. You started the set off like that, which was very brave of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I remember you getting off and I said, bro, that was hilarious. Great job. But bro, you made a lot of white people nervous at this bar. <laughs> hey, man. It was like, I don't want well, to take that back. Not nervous. Just, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nervous. It's kind of that, that nervous of. I just heard that. I don't know if I should laugh. Yeah. It's hard, man, especially being like tall and being an African-American comedian. Like when you try to get the crowd engagement uh-huh. in a joke, they think you're going to think you're going to attack them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like not like really attack them, but try to get a joke at their expense. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes I get on stage and say, hey, when I ask for crowd participation, I just want you to talk to me. Yeah. I'm not going to attack anybody. But man, and then compile it with the, yeah, I've got Caucasian kids. Yeah, I can tell. I can totally get what you're getting from that, man. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't any reactions that I n- noticed. It's yeah. just I. It's <laughs> a change in the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> just in a funny way. Yeah, I just feel like, um, and uh, but yeah, that but then just you had some very interesting uh, just bits, just very interesting bits that I don't think you really really hear, and uh, and I like. I like the company of comedians that you keep around. Thank you. Thank you. Um, like Julie Drake. Oh yeah. I love her. Yeah. I love her so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's great. And there's another female comedian, two of them. One was from Arkansas. Um, she killed the room. Desiree Newton. Yeah. She killed the room. Yeah. Um, and then there's another one. She did the one we did at your mom's place. Um, um, short hair. Anorexia? I think so, yeah. I'm not saying her name right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't say anyone's name. I have to say your stage name slow or else I'll mispronounce it. Yeah. But um, no, uh, what the reason I say they're all really good. They have, they're they all really good at their craft, but they all have, I don't want to say but, there's no but here. And and they, ha- they all have just a little bit of controversy. Yes. Just enough to... And I think controversy is important in comedy. Yeah. Just like it's important in music, especially hip hop and punk, just to just to name a few. You know, maybe maybe in metal. Yeah, yeah, you need controversy in metal. <laughs> but definitely hip hop and punk, I think it's it's important. Um in some way, shape, or form. Depends on what the message you're trying to put out. But um in comedy, man, it's just it's uh I've seen I've been to so many comedy clubs. I've been yeah. to so much I've i I've never participated in open mics, but I've been there. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people die on stage. Yeah. And they die because it's just, they don't really take that risk. Yeah. I don't say you have to take the risk, but it's just like they play it too safe and, and they don't land. I feel like if you have the right material yeah. and you're kind of just testing how, if you're just trying to, you're trying to test the sensitivity of the crowd just a little bit. Yeah. You know? And like I said, it's the same thing with lyrics and hip hop and punk rock. Like you, uh, you kind of just test the, the sensitivity of your audience just a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I've seen I've seen it work out pretty well for a lot of comedians. Worked great for George Carlin. Yeah. Red Fox. They're two of my favorites. Uh, Bill Hicks. Um, 
weren't great for Bill Burr. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, these are people who have said some things of like, wow, he just fucking said that. Yeah, totally. And then, you know, you look at Ice-T, Eminem, and then even now you look at Tom McDonald, they, you know, just, you know, a little controversy don't hit. Don't yeah, hurt man, nothing. definitely a balance, man. I've seen yeah. comedy people go all the way to the other end. They're like, yeah. man, I just watched this David Chappelle special, and now I'm going to say whatever I want to say. Yeah, yeah, that too. That's like, forget, whoa, bro, that's not even Chappelle? funny. Like, I yeah. ask myself, at the end of the day, uh-huh. is it funny? Like, rape is messed up. Yeah. But can you do a funny rape joke? George Carlin could. He he meant, he did that. He yeah. uh, tried to point out that he said it was about exagger, exagger, exaggeration. Let me learn how to talk. Yeah, exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was his big thing, because he said you can make anything funny regardless of how fucked up the, con- you know. Yeah. The, uh you know, the concept is, yeah, just long as you exaggerate. And his exaggeration was Porky Pig because you couldn't help but laugh because you're thinking of Porky Pig. And so, yeah, like that. I've so, heard, and I'm yeah. not saying by any means, yeah, if you're right. listening, I'm not saying rape is funny, but I've heard three funny rape jokes. But right. I've also heard a lot of other jokes that are just not funny. And it's like, yeah, you've got that liberty. You've got your First Amendment, but, like, why are you going that far with it? Like, come back down. You, you see the crowd, right? The crowd's uh-huh. not feeling that. You need to reel it back in. Right. Yeah. I've seen other comedians try to be way smarter than the audience. It's like nobody's as smart as you here, bro. Bro, dial it down. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man, you take a lot of stuff in. And I'm a baby comedian, so, like, I don't know everything, but you try to look at the crowd, man. And you ask questions like, do you have kids? And if some nobody says they have kids, you don't tell that joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, nobody's gonna get it. That's something because I go to Looney Bin a lot. Yeah. Is there a Looney Bin in Oklahoma City? There is. There is. Yes. I need to go. I've been to. I've only been to the one in Tulsa. I've been to the Laughing Hyena in Dallas, Texas. Okay. And I had, a, and that was great. Yeah. Um, there was a comedian from there, and he had a joke about Austin, Texas. He was making fun of hipsters in Austin, Texas. He was great. And he was funny because this guy was, he came off very bitter. Yeah. Just hates on everything, but it was funny. Yeah. You could help but be funny. And and he was making fun of certain towns, certain cities in Texas. Like, obviously, he was shitting on Austin, which to me, I love Austin, but I still thought found the joke funny. Yeah. He was like, it's a shithole, isn't it? <laughs> or something yeah. like that. But I was like, I love Austin. But he was talking about nothing. There's just, it's full of hipster douchebags. Was his joke? He delivered it better. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just repeating what he said. But he just said, you know, he made jokes about people who went to Arlington for school or something like that. And I guess he had. I don't know how it well because I don't know. I love Arlington too. Yeah. So it's me being an outsider who's in some new city, and I guess it's kind of like here. Yeah. People have. Pe- I mean, we have like meth jokes for people who live in Sepulpa and Sand Springs and West Tulsa. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'm Oklahoma City's like my home away from home, but there's still probably a lot of stereotype jokes I'm not familiar with because, you know, I'm still kind of getting familiar with it. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he had these great jokes. And then there was a female comedian, which it got awkward because um, I was with my mom. We yeah. were on vacation for her birthday. And then the the female comedian told a bunch of dick jokes. It just got it, just, it felt really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's a it's a it's a. Uh, but they always test the crowd. They always and uh, I like comedians who have the freestyle skills, just like I like rappers with the freestyle skills. Yeah, because you can, because especially when there's that one person like audience that talks. Yeah, they can just just roast them for like twenty minutes. Yeah, and then. 
And then the, the, the like, I've seen tons of great comedians. Is why I always go up front because I don't care if I'm getting roasted because yeah. I know I'm gonna laugh twenty times more. <laughs> and so, but um, but yeah, um, but other 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 than that, um, so you're working on the you said you're working on the comedian thing. Yeah, man. Even I'm more focused. Yeah, Fo- the comedian. I'm focused. I set up my own Instagram for it, man. Okay. No music, no photos, no I, nothing on it. I Instagram. noticed that. Yeah. I noticed that. Okay, so you're just making it like an. Yeah, it's a, a separate. It's entity. a separate thing. Sometimes they come together, but mm-hmm. I want people to know that I'm serious about it. I'm not just, uh-huh. you know, a culture vulture. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Nice. Um. So, uh, let's talk about projects, records. Um. Yes. Um. I know you. I know we just released a single. You and I did. Yeah, we did, man. It's mm-hmm. called Hate Me, Hate Me. Mm-hmm. It's off the Guardian Pretentious Project. Okay. That's going to be uh, fully released on the 9th, but tonight I'm doing a release show where I have the project on hand. That's right. Tonight you're playing at, you're, we're, you're in Tulsa. Well, obviously you're in my studio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you got a show at Badass Renee's. Yes, I do. And uh, you, got, you got some Tulsa, Tulsa guys on the show. Yeah, man. Uh, I got Bradley Eugene. Mm-hmm. I got Gengar. You put me onto that dude. He's crazy as shit. I love him. I know. <laughs> and then um, I had Sickle Williams, man. Shout out to Sickle. He came yeah. under the weather. Oh, man. I think I'm going to be like, fuck winter shows, too. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then and then Sad the Pharaoh. Or is it Sad as Sad, the- yes, man. Sad the Pharaoh. Yeah. I brought him on to Odd Hypothesis. I love this dude. You brought Good me guy. on to him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He reached out to me. He came to when I met him. He came to uh, Badass Renee's with his girl, and it was one of the shows. And, man, he did – he reached out to me like Bradley Eugene did when we actually officially met. Yeah, yeah. And I tell more artists to do this who yes. went on shows. Yeah. Well, obviously, it only works if you live in the city. If you live six hours away, just, just send your music and – send me your music and let's just have a conversation. Yeah. But locally, if you're just like, man, I'm I'm trying to get in the scene – I want to get with the movement. I hear this shit all the time. Yeah. I want to get with the movement, man. I want to get on the shows. Um, you know, I'm trying to get in with you guys. Come to a show. Yeah. It's really that simple. Like, um, I get this gum out. If you have to, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, just, uh, just come to a show, um, shake hands with us, sit down, have a drink, whatever you do. And don't try to hand you the material when you're on the stage. Fuck that shit. <laughs> I hate that shit, bro. Here, I'm an artist. I'm rapping. Am I not rapping? <laughs> yeah um but yeah just come to a show hang out with us and, and stuff like that and now if if it's not easy for you to get out like that um i'm not saying that's the only way i said it's there's the best nothing... way you want to see somebody face to face yeah man, if it can. is the best way yeah. it is the best way but i try to be up in mind because i know not everybody has the ability to get out um and stuff like that but even if it's just for one night come out definitely the face-to-face thing is is this the easiest way and um and not to mention, you get you kind of get to meet everybody, so so you know everybody kind of gets to know your personality a little bit. So, and um, and then you know you can still send me music, giving me a, a CD or flash. You know I'm gonna forget it, so just <laughs> <laughs> just still message me your music or email it, however you want to do it. But definitely come, definitely come to a show if you're trying to get a part, trying to be a part of a local music scene. The best way. Is just is just to come to a show, shake hands, and get to know people. That's some serious stuff, right there, man. Yeah, like, it's just um, 
a lot of people be in mm-hmm. your DM, but they don't ever go to any shows. Yeah. It's like, why? Why? Unless they're on the show. And that's yeah. what I don't get. Like, I haven't heard you. I have not seen you, but you weren't on a show. <laughs> but you could be there. You got that. But you can't be to a show that, you know, a free show that's happening. Right, right, yeah. right. But yeah, man, uh, same thing with Brad. This is one of the things like, and I, I remember, I remember getting to an argument with somebody. They, they kind of, I don't know what the deal was. They, they, they came at Bradley kind of, kind of fucked up and, and they said, man, the only reason you on shows, they're complaining about not being on shows. And then Bradley's like, man, you, you got to reach out and, uh, you know, try to be at the show, try to offer to, to help them load in or something like that or run merch, like try to be a part of it, you know? And, uh, you know what I mean? And then people like you. And then when they finally hear your music, they're like, man, I want you on it. He goes, it's just the most genuine way. And then they said something to him. was like, man, the only reason you even on shows cause your relationship with had enough. And I didn't like, and <laughs> you know what I mean? And then that's why I say, Whoa, Whoa. I said, no, man, when Bradley Eugene reached out to me yeah. and he knew me and him kind of knew of each other. He yeah. used to go by frostbite, which when I interviewed him, he told me, he told that background, that background story. Uh, back in back in the days, I mean, we knew of each other, but we never talked. Yeah. Um, he was really, from my perspective, he was really quiet. Yeah. He was kind of doing his own thing, and um, and uh, but he told me he'd he'd been a fan for years, and then he had reached out to me and said, "Hey, I just started over. I got a new stage name," and then he sent me the song he wanted me on called "Monster," which was a really dope song. Yeah. And then, um, and then he said, Hey, you need help at the shows or something like that. So he started coming and he said he would help the DJ load in. If we were bringing sound, he'd help that load in. Uh, he'd bring some people with him and yeah. he's, and he, he, and he said, Hey man, just let you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get back on stage. So if you need an opener, let me know I'm down and stuff like that. And it didn't take long for me to say, Hey, tell you what, man, I'll, I'll put you on this show. And then he showed out, yeah. just did a great performance. He brought some hot girls with him. Yeah. He always was, does that. It was, it was cool. Yeah. And so I, to me, I told him, I was like, man, you have done, that is like one of the most impressive for, to me, it was impressive of, and I said, it's just, you weren't pussy. Yeah. I mean, not put pushy. You pushy. weren't put, I mean, it wasn't pussy either, but you, you weren't pushy about it. You, you know, I've had people come up and they were pushy and they're like, oh, I'm the best in the city. Put me on or fuck you. And that is, that's not going to work, guys. And, and they, I don't want to hear that you think you're the best in the city. And they could that, be right. That's the bad thing. They could be really, mm-hmm. they could be that talented. Be the best in the yeah. city. But since they came at you like uh-huh. that, they lost their opportunity. Uh-huh. I had, um, yeah. And I had, a, I have a, I have a new artist just recently. He's been sending me music saying, hey, what's good? What needs to be worked on? And, uh, and then he said, I'd like to open up for you sometime. And, uh, and he's just really humble about it. And he's just like, do you think I'm good enough to open for you? I'm just like, no, man, this is really good. And I, I just told him, I think the only advice I gave him was just engineering, which I said, I think that's probably something at least 90% of newcomers will have an issue with. I've, I've seen some who, who just started and they had really good engineering, but a lot of people start at home yeah. and they don't, they don't really know how to do the mixing. They just record it. And just say, hey, what do you think? And stuff like that. But yeah, man, it's, yeah, man, if you want to get on with this, man, it's, it's as simple as coming to the show and shaking hands. It's, you know, and that and, works um, anywhere, man. Yeah. And it's not a lot of work. It ends up being a lot of fun. Um, I mean, that's how I started when I got in the scene back in 2000. Um, and I was, I didn't even have a band or any music. I was just a fan. But when it came down to when I had a, when I had a band, uh, which was a year after that, yeah. um, getting shows was very easy because I knew everybody, yeah. you know? And I know I was just, 
you know, when it started, I was a high school kid who said, I'm going to be in a band someday. I'm going to, I'm going to be on that stage. And then eventually I did, but, um, it got easier cause you knew people. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's really as simple as that. Yeah, man. Um, and, uh, you'll definitely be, it's more impressive to everybody. Uh, DJ Gator, who I'm actually interviewing for the next episode. Um, he said this countless times and I'm going to ask him about it too. When I get him on here is about, you know, artists who want to get, which you're a DJ too. So this can apply to you as well. Uh, local artists who, who just would like to get in your playlist. So whenever you're DJing at a club yeah. or anywhere, they can be heard. Yeah. And, uh, he always said, man, he, he I remember him doing posts. I mean, Gator will call motherfuckers out. Not like name by name. I don't know. Sometimes maybe. Most <laughs> of the time, I mean, he he calls people out, calling everybody out, yeah. and saying, "Hey, all y'all say you want DJs to play your shit. Come network with the DJs. You guys know what clubs we're at. Yeah, we all put up flyers. Yeah. We all tell where we're gonna be at. You know what clubs? He goes, I. He was like, I see you motherfuckers at the club too. Come with a flash drive. Yeah, shake your hands. Yeah, and then say, Hey, this is our song. And he goes, it's and and Gator really he plays more local artists at his gigs than most DJs I know. Yeah, and it's anybody. A lot, I mean, and it's a know, hard thing to do because people want to hear stuff they've heard. Yeah, even they want to hear the top. Is, they want to yeah. hear the top forty stuff. So even if uh, your stuff is good and it would fit there, they want to mm-hmm. hear something they can recite yeah. right there. Yeah, just definitely bring in. That's another thing. Get 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 it engineered good. Um, my friend Jay Red, which I got to have him on this podcast too. I'm gonna get him. I haven't hit him up yet, but I'm gonna get him. Uh, he's, he's been on radio and his stuff's always been well engineered. And that was, I think the first up next fest when we were at K jams, that was one thing he said on the air. Cause the DJ, which we're talking about a radio DJ, he told him, how would you tell these up and coming artists who like, who complains, who complains, they never get any radio play. And he just said, well, same thing. Network with the radio DJs. Don't be pushy right off the bat. At least approach them as you would when you're making new friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not really asking anything. You're really showing love from the top. And that's something I try. That's something I've always done is, um, I always like to show love to people. First off, it's more like I'm offering them something, not so much asking for this. Yeah. Cause I think once, once you become friends with people and you say, Hey, look, man, I'm really trying to get the song played in the clubs. Do you think you could play this? Or, hey, I'm really trying to get the really get the song single on the radio. Do you think it's do you think it's acceptable when you're on your local radio show? You know, because radio radio stations tend to have an hour. They'll actually play local stuff. Yeah. I don't know if every radio station does, but you know, a few here do. You can say, hey, just ask me if it's good enough to be played. If not, tell me what I need to to redo it. Yeah. That's the hardest thing for an artist, and sometimes it's hard for me is uh asking what's asking what could be better yeah what's whack about this yeah it's uh because you it doesn't it does require you to swallow a lot of pride yeah and uh i've learned to do that it's not the easiest thing because um you know (laughs) so because it might be something that that might take a while to fix if it's something really important but i've learned to take that with the grain of salt more because I've seen things that I used to be really terrible at yeah. and I'm actually really good at them now. Yeah. And, uh, what was the funny thing? When I first started rapping, people said your enunciation needs to be better. Yeah. And then, then I really got the enunciation. Great. Now they're like, okay, you're enunciating too good. <laughs> like, you know, uh, what was it? They just said, you just, 
you enunciate, you sound too white now because you're enunciating your words too clear. And I'm like, okay, look, <laughs> there's a whole label of really good enunciating white rappers. It's called Rhyme Stairs Entertainment. Yeah. And they're very successful. Uh, I think Mac Lethal used to, he would get shit for that. He, he said that in the song where he said someone on the internet told him that uh, he says his R's weird. Yeah. And he goes, I'm from Kansas City. That's how we talk. Or something like that. He said something like that in the song where, you know, <laughs> so I don't know. But, um, but anyway, um, is there anything else that you want the public to know about you? Uh, because um, we have, I do know this, this podcast, um, has, I mean, of course, going to have a lot of Tulsa listeners. Yeah. And, um, uh, I get people asking me about you, like from Tulsa that, you know, um, I mean, anyone that follows me is going to know who you are because like I said, you and I do a lot of things together. Yeah. Um, um I mean, you're, I tell everybody you're my partner in crime. <laughs> I tell everybody that too, man. Yeah. So, um, um so everyone kind of knows you. I, I think we get a lot. Last I checked this podcast, the We Are Tulsa, and we're talking not just the whole thing, because there's a there's a there's a a podcast and we are Tulsa music for punk rock, for for regular rock and uh and so forth, and then I'm the hip hop uh section. So I'm I'm pretty sure there's probably listeners from from other other areas. But uh I try to make sure every guest kind of gets, you know, as much information out there as possible. And uh, just whatever whatever you think people should know about you that you think would probably draw some interest. Okay, well, my name is Oliver Hie Enriquez. I am a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I have a website, though, that actually kind of brands these things out. It's hieenriquez.biz. So I encourage any listener listening to this, go check it out. Uh-huh. Check out, you know, the music in. Check out the uh, video in. Check out the comedy in. Mm-hmm. And, uh... From there, man, all my social medias are on there. I'm on uh, Instagram as Ali Ray Ben, O-L-I-R-E-Y-B-E-N. I'm on there as Hie the Comic, H-I-E-I-D-A Comic, C-O-M-I-C. And, uh, man, uh, basically, man, I'm going to stay working, man. I'm going to continue to work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to work with you as much as I can. Yeah. And uh, I'm thankful for even being able to be on this podcast, man. Right on, right on. Um, So, uh. Before we end this, um, I want to ask, uh, you know, since since you're outside of Tulsa, but you know, you're pretty uh, pretty close to the scene here. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, and you sponsored the Tulsa Music Awards the first year. I did. We did. My company, Out Hypothesis. We did. We we. That's right. It. I try to give. That was one thing. Um, I that I agreed with with my partners, uh, um, with the We Are Tulsa Music whole movement is uh definitely since since we are tulsa music is where the awards name came from yeah and then roger who started we are tulsa music radio that i'm glad to be a part of you know uh you know he approached he approached my partner ryan about the awards and so we try to keep 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 that um have you um do you have any um well i guess the only award you probably would be would be the home away from home did you by any chance? Uh, I make... did not. I will oh. next year. I did okay. not. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I ask everybody. I don't want to put anyone on the spot because I know not everybody. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I know I interviewed Savior Worldwide on the last podcast, and and I remember last year we were on the resort tour, 
And um, I think he was nominated then too. And he really wanted the he really wanted the hip hop artist of the year award. Yeah, I could tell. He talked about it again. I could tell that like means something to him. Yeah, and um, and he's super talented. So I mean, I'm. <laughs> he told me if I went again, he was gonna put out a diss track on me. <laughs> Dang. He's the homie, bro. He's 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 fucking with me. At least I think he is. <laughs> either that, or we're gonna fight one or the other. He really wants that, but uh, I mean, you know, um, it's all good, man. The only the only thing the only, the only downside to it is that uh, I not not it's it's an upside and a downside because I have a lot of my friends, a lot of my Tulsa rapper friends that are that are making the same categories I did, and uh, and as awesome as awards are. I'm really hoping I'm really hoping to see them at least make the finals and I definitely hope to see them come home with some you know some hardware. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So cuz like like Fritzy and Bradley uh just to name a couple. I know there's more uh Procane. I know he made a nominee which was really cool. And uh I've just seen these guys put in really put in some work. And uh I really want to I don't know, I man. I I like to see him win something. I'm you know what I mean? I'll 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 be grateful to take an L if one of those guys yeah take the win. You know what I mean? So yeah. I want to I definitely want to I definitely want to see that cuz I know it means something to him and um I don't know any type of uh accolades, you know, it means something to everybody. It you does. know, they people can say it doesn't, but uh, it's 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 cool because you knowing it's just you knowing that that a good group of people probably more than a group came together they wanted to see they wanted to see you win something. And so it's it's more than just it's more than just the trophy or or the or whatever it may be award trophy black metal pedal black pedal <laughs> so gold pedal so yeah um so yeah man um and that's been my thing about the awards i i like seeing i like seeing uh other people win um you know what i mean like uh but uh but yeah man so you um Okay, so yeah, so you sponsored the first awards, so you've been a part of the the awards. Yeah. Um, are you gonna sponsor again this year? You would put me on the spot and say I, that. I didn't put you on the spot. <laughs> it's all good. I'm <laughs> gonna have to talk to the vice president, the wife. We're gonna see if our hypothesis can sponsor the yeah. the music awards this year. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, man, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be good. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I really did put you on the spot. <laughs> it's all good, man. But yeah. So, um, before we go, I definitely want to ask you this. Um, and I know this is probably, a, this is probably like a, uh, a question or a conversation that'll probably occur on this podcast. Um, you, you have, you have a wife and kids at home, yes, I do. but you're definitely able to like really do this music and you know, you're able to tour and all that. Um, so I've met over the years, I've met tons of musicians and I've seen them have to dwindle their music career once they get married, once they have kids. I know quite a few that are still able to do it, even with the family, but I've known some the you know, as as their as the family life gets more serious, the music career takes a back seat to a point where they don't really even do it anymore. Um, what's your opinion on that? Do you think it says more about just hey, maybe one thing is just more important in the other or do you feel like you can you can have do you feel like you can have both you can definitely have both man uh-huh. um i'm not doing it as well as i want to but i mean ti he's got what six seven kids 
Jesus. Yeah, and he's doing it, you know, to the full potential. Mm-hmm. I think every case is different, but I think more importantly, you've got to have a supporting partner, whether it be a male or female, whoever you are with it and together, y'all have got to support each mm-hmm. other. And number two, you need to learn how to market this as fast as you fucking can. Learn the marketing of this business. It's not just getting behind a microphone, recording a song, and then you're done. And maybe putting it on SoundCloud. You need to learn how to market it and not just general marketing. How's it going to market for your image? What kind of music are you doing? Right. How's that going to work? What's your Mm -hmm. demographic? Find that out as fast as you can. Because if not, you're just throwing money, man. You're throwing money away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And I've thrown money away before. Because I didn't know what I was doing. I still... I still am, man. I'm trying to stay in the black most of the time now. No, I mean, <laughs> financially, that's why now I'm so just particular about where the money goes as far as investments go. Because was it six? It was at least seven years ago, man. Financially, man, I fucked myself so hard. It hurts to sit in this chair. Because <laughs> oh, I, I, I think about those hundreds up to, of dollars and up to thousands of dollars I had that I really just squandered when I look back. I thought I was doing the right thing. Okay, I'm investing. This is going to come back. And I look at, I don't know. I just look back at I could have managed the money. It could have been invested in better areas. But I didn't know about those areas. I didn't I didn't know, hey, I could I could have just invested this way, invested the wrong way. And uh, But, I, you know, lessons learned. I'm, I'm pretty sure anyone that's gotten anywhere has uh, <laughs> made, made some not-so-great decisions. Yeah. Definitely, man. So uh, definitely smarter now. But anyway, man, I will go ahead and wrap this up. Um, do you feel like you got uh, all the information out there? Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Definitely. Okay, so for every episode, I always end with a song from the guest. So and it's up to you about what song you want me to play after this interview is over. I'm going to need you to play that. I'm trying by me and Sad the Pharaoh. Mr. Sad AF. Hit that right now. That's your song, right? Yeah. Okay. You said that so fast. It sounded like you said Sad the Pharaoh. I was like, I'll play that with ease on there. But <laughs> if it's, it's both of your songs, right? No, I'm going to need He's... you to. It's, it's a collaboration off of the guy. Okay, just check it. Yeah. You said you like really quick. <laughs> yeah, it's called I'm Trying. It's me featuring I was like, Sad AF. I love Sad AF, but I just said for for this seg- for this episode that you're on, it's your song. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Okay. All right. So uh, go ahead and uh, close us out. Are you doing it in post? I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting, I'm fighting. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. Developing ghosters, motions up and down, just like roller coasters. Another day, another accolade. Hope I'm getting closer. So I feet quitting a job. Said I'm putting up posters. I'm from the O, we're individuals. Live out unity, they push you down, run you over. Piss on you in the streets, dap you up when you're up. I will not even miss a beat. I'm talking actuality, not hypothetically. I'm I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm trying, 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 I
get this mix sounding right I'm more than just here for Said it wouldn't happen again But that was last time though Between you and the music Well you gotta go I don't down you For pictures with filters Fishing for likes in the mirror while I'm shitting Jesus Christ, you at home eating shit in the fridge You said you don't even like How you keep losing your job You need to get a life I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying I'm trying, 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 I